Let's bring in Kentucky's third district congressman. That is one Morgan McGarvey. I guess you're on. Hey, Terry, how are you? You guys are on sabbatical, I guess, now because of the disarray. Is that what's going on? It's like somebody. It is. It's like somebody pulled a fire alarm. Oh, that's another story. Wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) So there we go. Well, in this case, in this case, it is on fire. So uh, (laughs) where it is, or at least somebody got fired. Either way. Oh. All right. So Morgan. Just a quick civics lesson here. Without a Speaker of the yeah. House, they can't operate, or is there going to be – Is does there have to be another election of a Speaker before any business can go forward? So, yes, there there can be no official business on the floor until we have a Speaker. And this is you – know, civics, but it's also kind of interesting because it's where civics meets the real world. Um, until 9-11, they didn't have this mechanism in place to have a sort of next in line to conduct the speaker election. And then after 9-11, you know, given that they think one plane might have been headed toward the Capitol, all right. the things that happened, they came up with a contingency plan that said, OK, when you get elected speaker, you give the clerk of the House a list of secret names. I mean, this is, you know, this is kind of weird stuff, but you give a list of secret names and, and you go in order. And so. The first person on that that list this time was obviously Patrick McHenry, and that is who Kevin McCarthy designated to say if something happens and I am no longer speaker, he becomes the speaker pro tem, which is just the fancy way of saying like he's going to be the acting speaker who conducts the, the election for the next speaker. That's the limitation of his role. He really can't do much outside of that. And so then when we get a speaker, then we can go again to having uh, the debates on the floor, the bills come forward, the rules come forward that, that bring – that bring forward bills onto the floor and we can go back to business. Do you know Matt Gates at all? Because it, this seems like it's kind of a, a showcase for him. You know how we, we call people on social media influencers. Does this feel, <laughs> this feels like one of those things where somebody's flicking the lights on and off to say, look at me, look at me, look at me. I mean, is that what's happening? Yeah, I, I think that's really close to what's happening. He is, he is getting the attention. He's clearly reveling in that attention. Um, you know, I, do I know him? Not really, but you know, it's, I tell people one of the surreal things about going to Congress is how not surreal it is. Uh, imagine, you know, you just go to work and these are the people you work with. And so I'm, I'm on the floor with many of them, uh, every day you see each other in the hallways, you get in the elevator, it opens up and there's Matt Gates in the same elevator as you are. So I've been in some of those types of situations. I, I've never really interacted with him. Uh, but you know, this is, this is one where I think he's looking for the attention. I don't think there was any or much thought into what happens in the future or what's come before us, because this is really the type of stuff I think that people are sick of seeing. Uh, nobody likes this dysfunction. I don't like this dysfunction. Um, it's, it's an attention-grabbing thing where, look, we can have real disagreements on how to govern or the solutions to our problems but these types of stunts that take away from the mission to govern, I don't think help anybody out. No, it's too much power for one person to have. It, it is. And this is, this is a mistake that Speaker McCarthy made uh, when he was negotiating to be Speaker. And look, he was clearly ambitious to be Speaker. He tried to be Speaker before. This is what he wanted. He's going through the 15 rounds of voting, as we're all familiar with now. In doing that, he was willing to compromise 
with the most extreme members of his caucus, including Matt Gates. He changed the rule. And I know people don't want to hear about rules, but, but rules are really important when you've got a 435 people who you're trying to, to corral. It used to be that only the majority leader and the majority whip could bring a motion to vacate, to remove the speaker. And ostensibly what that did is your leadership team is then bringing a motion against you because more than half of your caucus wants you to be gone. And, and that's how it allows you to govern. If you're Speaker of the House, you're going to make somebody mad. You can't make everybody happy, including in your own caucus. And so to become Speaker, Kevin McCarthy got rid of that rule. And he said, any member, any one member of the majority can bring me up for a motion to vacate. They can remove me from office at any time. No Democrat voted in favor of that rule. I, I think it's a destructive rule. I don't think it, it makes it too hard to govern from the speaker's spot. But every Republican voted in favor of it. And that's what happened is when Matt Gates then brought this forward motion, you know, I know the Democrats reached back out to McCarthy and said, are you willing to compromise with us again and find a way forward to get past this? And he wasn't. So there's a guy who's willing to compromise with Matt Gates to get this job, not willing to compromise with the other side to keep it. And then I think, you know, we all know what happened after that. Yeah. Okay. So we're punting the football again. We're talking about mid-November, which obviously gets us past this Kentucky election. I don't know how many other elections there are in America. It's an off year, but that gets us past yeah. that. So now we do, we, are we going to have a stomach ache waiting to see whether or not the government's going to shut down again? Or do you think that there's a lesson learned by this most recent episode? I sure hope that now the kids have touched the stove and realized that it's hot and that it causes pain. Um, so, you know, hopefully there have been some lessons learned. I've also learned with legislative calendars, it's a lot like, uh, my mom had a sign on the refrigerator growing up that I always think about when I think about legislating. And it said, if it weren't for the last minute, nothing would ever get done. Um, I think back to my time in Frankfurt, and you've watched a lot of the sessions in Frankfurt, Terry, where how much happens those last 48 hours. Yeah. That's, you know, people naturally respond to deadlines. So we've got until November 17th. Uh, I want us to get something done. I, I know we can. Um, just as we averted the last shutdown at the last minute. But hopefully we can get it done before the last minute. However, let's see how quickly we get a speaker. You know, we basically now wasted last week with the speaker stunt. Um, we need to go in and choose a speaker. Let's not burn any more days before then. I expect we'll probably get called in some additional days that we don't have on the calendar right now between now and November 17th which I'm more than fine with. You know, let's, let's not shut the government down. Hopefully the new speaker can get up and running, get people together, get something over to the Senate, let the Senate and the House come together in a conference committee, hash out the differences, and pass the budget. That's what we're supposed to do as legislators, pass the budget for the country, and, and that's something I hope we get done. We're speaking to Kentucky Congressman Morgan McGarvey. I don't even know if you are in Washington since you're not. A, you don't have to be at work right now, but – um, I know you have to go yeah. back next week. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's right. No, I got, I got, to, I got to come home. I think good. most, most people, in fact, did come home, uh, which is good because it's JCPS fall break. So I got to, I got to take my son and one of his friends. Big day. We went to Mark's Feed Store, and then I don't know if, if, if you've had kids who got in that phase. They're really into cards right now. 
like football, basketball, baseball really? cards. That's so we back? went to the Mark Speed store. It's back. We went to Mark Speed store in Middletown and then went across the street to the card shop, um, which then after we got in the car, I don't know how long we were there. Uh, my son Wilson and his buddy Brooks, I hear him talking in the back, you know, because they're, they're at that age where they'll, they'll talk like you're not there. Right. Um, and so you can just hear everything. And, and, and Brooks looks at Wilson and goes, Wilson, how long do you think you could spend in that shop? And Wilson goes, oh, man, hours, Brooks, hours. <laughs> you know. And so we had, we had a big day. We had a big day. Oh, that's fantastic. All right, on another yeah, subject, yeah. The, the Biden administration is adding to the border wall. They're calling them barriers, border barriers. You mm-hmm. know that Joe Biden promised he wouldn't add any more to the wall. In fact, there were pieces of it that were sold away, they said, for rock-bottom prices. What's your take on what's happening with this border situation adding to the infrastructure? Yeah, you know, uh, what I saw is that the money was appropriated in 2019 for this purpose. Uh, The the DHS hadn't used it all. They're they're using some of those funds. Uh, I mean, one thing I can tell you we're working on in Congress in a bipartisan way. Um, Veronica Escobar has done some really good work on this. Her district's on the border. Uh, She's introduced a piece of legislation. Is recognizing that that we do need to make sure um, that we are getting a hold of immigration in this country and that we are, are doing so in a thoughtfully, responsible, humane way, um, because we need to recognize that there is a problem uh, at the border and that there is an immigration problem. And, and honestly, that is something that I think many of the serious members of Congress will tell you the immigration problem in this country is not a failing of the Republicans. It's not a failing of the Democrats. It's been a failing of Congress to not pass comprehensive legislation uh, and, and this is one where, despite the dysfunction in Washington, now I'm, I'm not telling you something's going to happen immediately, but I'm actually kind of optimistic that we're going to start coming together on immigration reform. And the reason I say that is because you're starting to see really different groups start to talk about this problem similarly. And when I hear the ACLU and the Chamber of Commerce start to talk about immigration in similar terms, that's when you start to go, okay. People are recognizing there's a problem. There's a problem where there are some policy fixes and we can bring people from different backgrounds and different points of view together and come up with something that's good. And and I think that that's what you're seeing right now. Some steps by the Biden administration. You're seeing some steps in Congress. You're seeing some steps from outside groups. and, And I see us moving, I hope, I hope in the right direction. Indeed. All right. Last thing for you. I did reference that fire alarm pull that was by Jamal Bowman. From New York, and a lot of people went online and said, well, how come we're prosecuting the J6 people, but this guy's uh, interrupting government business and nobody says anything about it? What's your take on that? Well, you know, look, I don't think we can can compare an insurrection at the nation's capital with the goal of overthrowing uh, a presidential election. I mean, this was really a coup against the United States government um, by mobs uh, of thousands of people um, coming into January 6th to you know, you know what happened on Saturday. I, I'll point out too, the vote had already been open for 17 minutes. You know, I, I saw what Jamal said about it. Um, he said uh, the vote had been open 17 minutes. He was trying to get there. Um, most, oh, a lot of people had already voted or were in the house at that point. He wasn't even in the house of representatives when it happened. It was in a building across the street. It was on a Saturday, There, or, or not a lot of people were. Um, so, you know, I, 
I don't know exactly what happened. Um, you know, he, I've seen his statement from it. Um, but you know, my, my hope in all this is that we get down to governing, right? And that's what this is all about. We've got to have people there who are wanting to govern, wanting to vote, and trying to do things the right way. His excuse was lame, though. You know he can read. He knows that was a fire alarm. <laughs> doesn't open a door. It's not a doorknob, it's a, sir. It's, a, it's, a, it's, it's definitely not a doorknob. <laughs> hey, Morgan, thanks. Appreciate the time, as always. No, thanks, Terry. Always good to talk to you, man. All right, let me know if you get a, an Aaron Rodgers card. At the football oh, you card know, shop. I, I, I think I saw it in the clearance. Yeah. He's, he, he's, he's probably on crutches in the photo. All right. Good to talk to you, Congressman. Thanks. All right. Thanks, Terry. Kentucky Bye. Congressman Morgan McGarvey live here at home. Back in a minute on News Radio 840 WHAS.